Hello, you mindful mamas, and welcome back to another episode of the Enlightened Hood Podcast, where I share real motherhood stories and empower the soul of the mother through mindfulness and spirituality. I'm your host, Alina Lemos. And so we're here. We made it. The end of season one of the Enlightened Hood Podcast. I had a very ambitious task to do 50 episodes. I only made it to 47, but I'm learning to let go and agree that that is an amazing feat. Doing this all postpartum in between health issues and working late hours and just the hustle and grind of recording 47 episodes since May, I'm really proud of myself and thank you so much for listening to this podcast and being part of the Enlightenment community. I had no idea how the floodgates would open with this global movement. I am so grateful for each and every one of you and every single woman who has come on this podcast and bravely shared her story and helped uplift and validate other women's stories. So thank you. Thank you so much. On today's episode, I'm sharing my story because I've shared little snippets here and there, and it's kind of taken me up until now to really even understand what that story is and what that story looks like in this podcast has been such a beautiful time capsule when I go back and edit them of hearing where I was in that very moment and just being like, girl, you have so much more coming your way. I really just want to share because I feel so strongly that when we share our stories, we help other women feel less alone and we help empower other women to share their own stories. And the more we continue to share and the more we continue to go deeper, That's how we're going to support each other. That's how we're going to shift this conversation around motherhood. And that's how we're all going to step into our best selves without feeling this guilt and these shoulds and feeling like we have to uphold this really shallow lens that we've placed on motherhood and womanhood. So without further ado, here is my story. Oh God, I don't even know where to begin. Usually I have someone else start their story and then I kind of just roll with it. But (laughs) I guess my story starts before I was born. My mom saw a psychic because she wanted to know what her daughter was going to be like. And he told her that I was going to be an ambassador. And for... Almost all of my life, I felt a little shame surrounding that, that I didn't ever see myself working in the UN or in a foreign country or being this vessel for politics and peace. Then it finally dawned on me as Enlightened had grew that, oh man, I am an ambassador and I'm an ambassador for the mindful and the spiritual mamas. And I've used everything I've learned up until this point to create this community and help support women and share these really practical and amazing tools that can make such a difference in our lives. But it took a really long time to get to this place. For much of my life, I always felt so out of place. Like I was longing for this sense of belonging. It's like Dr. Seuss longing for this sense of belonging, but it's true. And it always felt like there was this one little part that didn't fit. Like there was this part of my soul that was able to romanticize the present moment and see beauty and the mundane and just truly feel this profoundness of life in every cell of my body. And I just felt like that living in that space and on that plane just There was this sense of longing and loneliness and out of place that I always felt. On top of that, I always felt like I was less than. And especially as I moved into adulthood, I always felt like I had so many interests while my peers were kind of focusing on this one expertise and moving up in their career. I felt like I was bouncing from place to place to place and never really honing in on one thing. And I think that had a huge effect for most of my life on my self-worth. So going back to high school, I always 
felt really drawn to spirituality. I know if any <laughs> anyone out there who dipped their toes in spirituality in the early 2000s knows that Sylvia Brown was kind of <laughs> that one woman in the forefront. And I read all of her books and used to ask my mom to go to psychic fairs. And I really just felt so drawn to that space and felt like it was something that my soul was almost aching for. And then when I was in 10th grade, I had a really rough year. I was bullied so bad to the point where I almost didn't pass the 10th grade because I stopped showing up. I was also in a an emotionally and physically abusive relationship that was really the start of the bullying and that's a long story. And it also caused a really strained relationship with my parents. And on top of that, I lost my really promising track and sports career to an undiagnosable back injury. So I was really at one of my lowest lows. But another thing that happened in the 10th grade was that my grandpa passed away. And I remember walking to the school office and I was going to call my dad so he would come pick me up from school early. And I was just going through the list in my head of all the terrible things that had happened that day. And the last thing on the list was that my grandpa died. And up until this point, he had this really long battle with Alzheimer's and called my dad. He came to get me. And when we got into the car, he told me that my grandpa died. And I truly believe that at that very point in time, my grandpa became my spirit guide the day he died. And we've been so connected, so much more so in his passing than we ever were in his lifetime. After he passed, he would come to me in dreams and tell me, you can do this. You're going to get through this. And when you're on the other side of this, you're going to be stronger than ever. And you have such a beautiful life in front of you. And it was really him that helped me through such a hard time. As I began to rise from the ashes, my later teens and early 20s really became fight or flight. I felt more disconnected from my grandpa. I wasn't seeing him as much. We weren't connecting as much. And my yearning for spirituality truly just went on the back burner because, you know, when you're going to college and you're trying to make new friends, spirituality and mindfulness and whatever you want to call it isn't really the first thing you say when you're trying to make new friends. And on top of that, I went to three colleges in four years. I never felt grounded. I never felt like I belonged. It, that feeling was just heightened so much. And I actually got this tattoo behind my ear of a feather because that's what I felt like. I felt like I was just floating. Like I once had this origin that I was attached to and then all of a sudden I became detached and I was just floating with the wind. And in the summer of 2012, I moved to New Jersey for what I thought was going to be the end all to a roller coaster of a four-year relationship. When I was a freshman in college, I started dating a boy who really helped me fall back in love with love and everything was just so romanticized and those first few months of college were just such a bright and warm and loving and exciting and thrilling time and it really helped me heal from what high school had been. And I was on top of the world until it came crashing down a few months later when I went to his house in South Jersey for the winter break. And a few days after New Year's Eve, he broke up with me. <laughs> and then after the spring semester was over, we both went our separate ways until we rekindled our relationship our senior year of college and he was back in New Jersey and I was at Ithaca College and after I was done with my bachelor's degree I made the decision to go to graduate school and Montclair State University ended up giving me a full ride for the graduate program so I moved to New Jersey to not have a long distance relationship anymore kind of for grad school but mostly for this relationship and I distinctly remember us unpacking our apartment together and thinking like, 
how great is it that we're never going to have to like figure out whose stuff is whose anymore? And I feel like that was so foreboding because two weeks later he broke up with me again and it was the most heartbreaking, hopeless experience of my life. I had to move all of my stuff to the living room and I slept on an air mattress for weeks and would listen to him stay out late and come home. And I finally got to a point where I had to ask for help. And up until this point, I wasn't really as vulnerable with my parents or had the same relationship that we did now. And I had to ask for help and they lovingly drove to New Jersey and took me home and I spent a week in fetal position trying to figure out what my life had become. Finally, as I kind of started to come out of the cloud, they said, okay, are are you going to wave your white flag and come home and hit reset? Or are you going to stay in New Jersey and stay in your graduate school program and see this through? Something within me just told me that I had to stay. And so I did. This was really the first time that I used meditation and mindfulness without really knowing it because back then it wasn't really a a buzzword like it is now, but I just remember it was autumn and autumn just, as you probably know, if you follow me on Instagram, just lights my soul up in so many ways. And I would just sit on the campus and visualize myself just so empowered and strong and walking in this glowing light. And I would also stand in the shower and just take the deepest breaths that I've ever taken in my entire life. And when I saw the benefits of what these visualizations and this newfound breathing were doing for me, I really knew that I had the power to do anything. And as time went on, I started to get stronger and really step into my own. And then six months later, I ended up meeting my husband and the rest is history, kind of. (laughs) As my life in New Jersey started to get a little more stable, I still wasn't really my true self. Spirituality was still on the back burner because the life I was stepping into was the life that he had already created in New Jersey. He grew up here. He had friends and family here. So again, when you're meeting new people and trying to fit in, those types of conversations aren't really something that comes up when you want people to like you and to feel comfortable talking with you. So I adapted to fit in and... It really wasn't until 2016 where everything just got ripped open. In the fall of 2016, I had been working for a software company in the beauty industry for about three months and my coworkers were just the most wonderful, open, vulnerable people. They were openly spiritual and we talked a lot about it and we used to joke about using everyone's sign as a gauge to compatibility and how we would work together as a team. The building that we worked in used to be the Staples headquarters. So the procurement department who worked in the basement used to see a lot of ghosts in the basement. (laughs) They did a lot of orb photography and saw a lot of activity. So they brought in a friend of a friend who was a medium and did the ghost tours in Morristown, New Jersey. And somehow between her helping the guys in the basement, she made her way up to our office and asked if anyone wanted a reading. And this is a very complicated and insane story, but for the respect of everyone involved, I will tell you the very, very boiled down version that She was able to tell me through my great-grandmother, who was very close to my father, um, some very sensitive and unknown and shocking information about my family that isn't necessarily public knowledge yet. But when we figured it out and it all came to light, my, my mind exploded and 
I went to this woman. I said, everything you told me just came true. Please tell me how I can work with you. I have so much more to know and learn about myself. And I just felt like I knew nothing about myself anymore. So she took me under her wing. She taught me everything I needed to know about meditation and breath work and crystals and really helped me tune into that higher self. And I felt more like myself than I had in a very long time. And my soul, it was almost like someone turned the burner on and I started to warm up and heat up and bubble and life just became so much more beautiful. And I was so much more aware. That's when the life I had created or was kind of just autopilot bobbing around in came crashing down. Those innate feelings I had always had about feeling out of place and like I didn't belong were just heightened again. And I just became increasingly more frustrated with the socially toxic and materialistic culture that is kind of the norm in New Jersey. I grew up in Ithaca and everything is nature and love and peace and wine (laughs) and lakes and It's a lot different when you live so close to New York City and there's much more focus on the material items you have instead of being present and experiences. I just started to feel so alone and like no one saw me for really me. There were a few select people that I met along the way and some dear friends that I still have who did know the real me. But for the most part, I felt like I was wearing this mask just to fit in and to blend. And I didn't really let anyone in because I was too scared of being rejected, especially because as I started to be more open about spirituality and my journey, I did feel rejection from some family and friends. And so that kind of forced me to retreat back into my shell. It was around this time that I got my first download in the middle of the night. And it was that I wanted to create a mindfulness subscription box for parents. Two things about that were that I was not a parent. (laughs) So cue imposter syndrome Um, And I had no idea when I was going to become a parent because I just had such this, I mean, I've talked about this before on the podcast with Nicolette Rowe about how as young women, we tend to be taught so much shame around pregnancy and sex. And even into my 20s, just the idea of becoming pregnant, like I would still have dreams that I was pregnant and feel so much shame around that. And even as a married woman, like carried that into my marriage. And I always told my husband, like, I know I'll know when I stop having these dreams that I'm ready to be a mom. And I was never one of those women that was like, I know I was put on this earth to be a mom and that's all I want out of life. And I never felt that way. So it was this kind of weird, this is a great idea. I'm not a parent. I don't know where I'm going to be a parent, but I saw my peers becoming parents and I just knew there was a different way. And I was back into mindfulness and back into spirituality. And I just saw the effect it could have. And I said, there's something here, but maybe this is it. And maybe it's not. A few months later, my husband and I did end up making the decision that we wanted to start trying to have a family. And another reason that there was such hesitation was that my husband was going back to school and we didn't feel like we were financially ready to start a family. And even though we were kind of feeling pressure from family to start our own, we knew that between all of these factors that we weren't ready yet. But when we decided that we were ready, uh, my grandma passed away and it was her death that really became the catalyst for enlightenment. So instead of trying to express the transformation that happened as a result of her death, I'd rather read you the letter that I wrote to my daughter. And I have no idea if I'm going to be able to get through this without bawling. And if you listen to this and I'm not crying, then it's probably like the 10th billionth time that I recorded this. (laughs) All right. April 13th, 2018. Dear baby, we buried my grandmother today. Her passing has ignited a fire within me, calling me to step up and accept my true calling. I wasn't the granddaughter who knew her the best or tried the hardest. 
I lived five hours away and only saw her a few times a year, if I was lucky. Throughout the three days I spent with the women of my family planning her funeral, there was a voice whispering inside of me. Step up, it said. And so I did. I volunteered to give the eulogy when no one else thought they could. I knew it had to be me. All I could think to myself was, if I truly want to be a parent, how can I not be present and have courage when my family needs strength? While I had been looking forward to a few days of bereavement away from work where I could take a break from writing, I welcomed the opportunity to use my gift for my family. It didn't take long before the words flowed out of me into the perfect eulogy. One thing you'll come to realize about me is that I'm fairly confident I was a vaudeville performer in a past life. The thrill of performing ignites me at my core. Yet years of adolescent bullying and emotionally abusive relationships turned my vivacious need to please a crowd into a more introverted and cautious sense of self. I can't even quantify the amount of times I've thought in the past decade after a presentation and performance. I know I could have done better. Dressed in grandma's pearls and my grandfather's commemorative pin for 30 years in the postal service, I stood up and delivered her eulogy just as I had practiced. It was full of heart, humor, and Yankees references. I hit every beat. My jokes were extremely well received. It was my first moment in years and maybe decades where I felt truly proud of myself. My courage was restored. Since that day, I am fearless in the pursuit of cultivating a life that exudes kindness and enlightenment. While we wait for you, I will plant the foundation for your home. I promise to be present in each moment, to cherish you, to protect you, to teach you how to be respectful of our planet and all living things, to teach you that you are worthy, you are abundant, and you are love. I promise to find balance and light. I promise to let go of all that does not serve me, for my emotional baggage does not define you. I promise to lead with love and surrender to the power of the universe to be in tune with the high vibrations I know that I am meant to put forth. This letter is my commitment to this journey. I am mindfully nesting for your arrival. In death, there is life. And my child, I know she will be watching over you until you decide it's time to join us Earthside. I hope there's no such thing as secondhand smoke wherever you are. Grandma sure did love her cigarettes. I can't wait to meet you. Oh man, I made it all the way into this part. With love and gratitude as deep as the universe. Your future mama. P.S. You have a dog brother who's an attention whore. We'll work on that too. Oh. So as I prepared to become a mother and uphold everything that I wrote in that letter, I started prepping my mind, body, and soul. I dove into yoga. I learned about the Akashic Records. I met my spirit guides and I started stepping into my highest self. So throughout this process, I started writing a book called Mindful Nesting that documented my journey to enlightenment in preparation for motherhood. And then I got pregnant and it all went to shit. <laughs> the severe morning sickness that I had in my first trimester, it halted all motivation, aspirations, everything that I had. I became a toilet-hugging burrito that lived horizontally on the couch. I was losing weight, needed IVs to survive, and I couldn't even fathom how I was going to survive pregnancy. Finally, the doctors were able to find the right combination of medicine to at least help me get off the couch and become a functioning member of society again. And it was at the beginning of my third trimester, I got the download one day sitting on my bed, and it was one word. Enlightenedhood. A few weeks later, I went to see Crystal B, a predictive astrologer and a guest on episode three of this podcast. I was feeling really lost, unfulfilled in my job, and I really wanted to know when the heck this baby was coming because I was really over it by then. Crystal was able to see in my chart 
that my life would soon be taking an entrepreneurial turn and that based on all the signs that I had in my houses that I was going to be working with mothers on a global level through education and communication. She said some things that just lit me up. She said, you're not going to be working. It's not going to be like you're talking to mothers about their children, but to mothers about mothers. I told her about Enlightenedhood, the book I started, and my general idea of helping others through mindfulness. So she helped me determine a good date to launch this project. And even though I had no idea of what it was going to turn into, we decided on May 15th based on all the energies of the universe. And I can't even tell you at this point what all of those things were. Also at this time, I went to see one of my intuitive advisors because I also wanted a second opinion on when my daughter was coming. And she told me to read The Conscious Parent by Dr. Shafali Sabari. And it changed my life. I realized that there was finally an entire philosophy of parenting and going about this huge new life responsibility that finally resonated with me. But as I got closer to my due date, I started to fall into this really deep depression. I felt so alone and like there was increasingly less amount of like-minded people to spend time with. I was just so sick of these Things that we say to pregnant women and new moms, like get ready to never sleep again, enjoy your sleep now because when the baby comes and I didn't want to talk about that stuff and I didn't feel like that stuff mattered. I was going through this huge spiritual transition and I wanted someone to ask me these deeper questions and I felt like we take all this power away from women and mothers when we put such a shallow rhetoric and idea of what motherhood is. I was just so ready to be on the other side of pregnancy because I just wanted to have one person in my life who I felt like was going to love me unconditionally. And so on March 24th, 2019, my husband and I showed up to the hospital at 8 o'clock p.m. at night so I could be induced I remember that we, we walked into the hospital holding hands and it almost felt like we were going to a hotel or on vacation because it wasn't like I was in labor or anything and we had our overnight bag and we were walking into the elevator smiling and it kind of it felt a little out of place in a hospital. And we watched college basketball as they hooked me up to the wires and started the induction process. In the podcast with Digital Doula Nicole Joy, we actually talk about being an energetic match for your birth. And I, I was, I was one day overdue and decided that I was done. I was tired. I was over it, but I was also so uneducated and lacked any kind of self-empowerment at the time. By 5 a.m. the next morning, I was moved to the delivery room and my husband <laughs> read me out loud, Chip and Joanna's book as I sucked on ice cubes and was shuffled around from being on an oxygen mask to on my side to on my back to with the peanut to have my water broken with what looked like was a yardstick and so on so on. I know you all know how it goes. To be honest, the entire day was a complete blur. I when I was ready to push, my daughter was born an hour and a half later, and most of it was spent trying to get her head out of my pelvis. At 4.31, she joined us Earthside, but she was instantly rushed to be with NICU nurses because she swallowed her meconium when she was in the womb, which I assume was probably from being scared when they broke my water. Just my guess. So we really only got to hold her long enough to take a family photo and then she was whisked away to the nursery and we didn't see her for four hours later. And I know you all know how the hospital state goes and what a blur it is to come home with a newborn. So I'll skip over most of that part. As I started to get the hang of motherhood, I really also started to feel this pressure and looming responsibility of upholding that upcoming date for this project launch, even though I had still had not really any idea what it was going to be. I know that pregnancy had really lit this fire under me for changing this dialogue surrounding 
motherhood and that I wanted to live somewhere in the spiritual and mindfulness space, but sharing my own journey felt a little egotistical. And I looked up so much to like Gabby Bernstein. And in my mind, I said, I can never, I can't be a Gabby. So who am I going to be? When I was pregnant, I got law of attraction coach certified and mindfulness coach certified. And being a coach didn't feel right to me either. As I started to juggle all the really hard challenges of postpartum of this disconnection from my sense of self and my identity and caring for this new person, I became increasingly frustrated with the questions people were asking me and how they were treating me as a mother. Why do we ask new moms if their babies are eating or sleeping instead of how are you handling this crazy new life chapter and why are we not going deeper and offering them support because instead I felt like my worth was based on the sleeping and eating habits of my baby instead of feeling like anyone cared about how I was doing and as I continued to kind of fume over all of this, it it just started to click. I remembered everything I had read in The Conscious Parent and knew that there must be this entire community of women out there who feel the same and want to approach motherhood from a different way and wanted to talk about motherhood from a different way and didn't want to give up spirituality or mindfulness or identity or soul work just because they were a mom and really just wanted to talk about the way that motherhood rips you open spiritually and completely just changes everything. And so enlightenedhood became my field of dreams. I started to build it and other mothers started to show up. I had this epiphany. Why am I not using everything that I've learned in the past 10 years of media and marketing and social media and video and audio? Why am I not using this to support this mission and this idea. And then I also had this idea that I, I wanted to put the focus on other mother's stories because I love storytelling so much. I love stories about the human experience and why am I not highlighting these stories, which can also help teach me how other mothers are going about this new way of motherhood. So I put out some feelers in a few Facebook groups that I was in and the floodgates opened, like literally burst open Noah's Ark style. (laughs) Within a week, I had connected with women all around the world, had a few podcast interviews scheduled, and already had some articles from mothers just like me who wanted to share their story on my website, which was not built yet. (laughs) But as the vision got clearer, I got to work. I was talking on the phone with other women, sharing my project, connecting on social media, And building this platform to host all these amazing stories that I was collecting in between naps and feeding time and when my husband would get home from work and in the middle of the night when I couldn't sleep and all these skills that I had felt less than that I felt like I was bouncing around from job to job that I had collected in the last 10 years, I needed it all to launch Enlightenedhood. And the more that I realized I was stepping into my life purpose, the more that the future became invigorating and also fucking terrifying. (laughs) I walked away from my nine to five job after my maternity leave was over, as well as the financial support that came with it to build this platform. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while or follow Enlightened on social media, you've gotten to hear little snippets of this story. And since I usually record these podcasts, weeks or months in advance, it's been so interesting listening back to all the interviews and I get to hear just like such a little beautiful time capsule, which I said in the beginning of my life, but my postpartum journey beyond enlightenedhood has been a roller coaster and it's been so hard, so hard. The only thing I knew about postpartum before going through it was the the hospital underwear that women wear as a badge of honor and then post on Instagram. But 
as many of you know, on top of being a new mom and starting this new business and this new mission and this new movement, I suffered from a lot of weird health issues. Just going to give you bullet points, including mastitis, a tailbone cyst, a staph infection on my face, mono, MRSA on my arm, and most recently, an ulcer on my cornea, but that's just to name a few. But despite it all, I thought I was doing a really fucking good job managing this crazy chaos of healing and hopelessness and motherhood and starting a new business and healing again and thinking I'm listening to my body and feeling like I'm moving forward and then moving back and then moving forward again. And then it happened when my daughter was six months and four days old. I'm sure you've all experienced it at least once in your motherhood journey so far. And that's the first time you're convinced for a few seconds, which feels like a few years that you've killed your child. We were in California staying at my in-laws house and I had gone to bed early because the time difference just made me feel so discombobulated, like I couldn't even function. About after an hour I went to bed, I could hear my daughter crying. And as you know, like we're biologically wired to not be able to, <laughs> to sleep when we hear our kids cry. And she had been teething, so I figured Tylenol would help her sleep. And I thought this was one of those nights. So I got up to get the Tylenol and brought the syringe into the room where my husband was trying to console our daughter. She does not like the taste of Tylenol, and I find that you kind of just got to shoot it into her mouth <laughs> or else she spits it all out. And this time it didn't go that way. She started choking, and then she started vomiting profusely. And to anyone else, it probably looked like a child who was crying and puking at the same time. But to me, while my husband screamed, what did you do? My daughter looked like she was seizing and convulsing with milk, which in my panicked brain looked like foam coming out of her mouth and nose. I was convinced that she couldn't breathe, and I was convinced that what I just did was going to end her life. And that was the moment. <sighs> that was the moment that shattered the lid off of the entire volcano of lava that I was trying so hard to contain. It blew the lid off the loneliness, motherhood, and the lack of in-person support that I had. It blew off the lid of the exhaustion of taking care of a baby for sometimes 12 hours a day, five days a week, while trying to grow a business and take care of a body that had a lot of healing to do. It blew the lid off the lack of intimacy and romance in a marriage that couldn't seem to rise above a dark cloud of constantly making each other feel unloved despite being really good co-parents. It blew the lid off of the stress of draining finances and a quickly emptying bank account. It shattered the lid off of mourning a body that I no longer recognized and I felt like kept betraying me no matter how hard I felt like I was trying to heal it. It blew the lid off of the grief of the passing of my grandfather who died just 11 days after sharing that he had stage four lung cancer. My dad and his siblings got on a plane to say goodbye and he passed while they were at the airport. It shattered the lid off of the claustrophobia of living in congested suburbia with little access to nature and green space without the overbearing energy of other people. It shattered the lid off of the guiltiness of dog motherhood as I watched my polka-dotted pup's extreme anxiety resurface as my postpartum anxiety and depression grew. And it shattered the lid off of the fear that I had stepped into a role that I wasn't even ready for or worthy of. And while my mindfulness practice has always allowed me to become completely self-aware of all of the above, it all became way too heavy to carry. And I didn't want to carry it anymore. So I just released it. And I spent probably three days just in tears and it 
all poured out of me and I asked for help and support, which was something I hadn't done so far on my motherhood journey. I started to see the light at the end of the tunnel. I think there's a common misconception that when you commit to mindfulness, that that means your life is rainbows, unicorns, and no rock bottom. And while, yeah, it can lead to a life of technicolor, it's more about putting the tools that we learn into active duty to help lift us off the floor, dust us off, and give us that strength that we need to show up despite it all. And as I continue to heal and truly heal and receive help for postpartum depression and anxiety, I have discovered this new sense of empowerment that I am the right woman for this job to help lead this community. I am supporting me. I am giving the support that I have needed for so long. This community has been my guiding light, my savior, my rock support system, and my soul family. Every woman who has supported me throughout this journey has been my accountability partner, someone to learn from, someone to look up to. And you all have taught me to give myself grace and space and time and love. Being a mom is fucking hard and creating a new business might be equally as hard. This just got really heavy. <laughs> but it's because of you that growing this community doesn't feel like work and has become my life purpose and my life passion. I am fearlessly in the pursuit of supporting other mothers through mindfulness and spirituality and creating a safe and sacred space for womanhood. And because of you, I've been able to despite it all, grow this community to reach over 83 countries and to feature over 46 podcast stories of amazing women and to feature over 20 guest authors on our website. And it just continues to grow and that's all because of you. So where do we go from here? If you didn't see the big announcement on Instagram or Facebook, I now have an amazing partner in crime, Megan who's helping me fulfill my vision of a worldwide support system for mindful and spiritual mamas. And I just love the way that the universe works because just when I felt like I was drowning and that I couldn't carry this community anymore or lead this community anymore, she asked me if I needed a partner. And she came to me at just the right moment. So when we went to have coffee and talk about enlightenedhood and where she fit into this mission, I sat down with my Oracle deck and I, I said, what do I need to know going into this? Because of course, enlightenedhood has been my baby. It has been part of my soul and giving part of that away to just anyone was terrifying. But again, I also didn't know if I could continue on just me. And so the card that I pulled was soul family. And I also was listening to the signs that the universe kept giving me and the ways that it kept connecting us. We had both gone to the same college. We both loved that college town, which also happens to be my hometown. So I will talk to anyone about it and instantly love anyone who loves it as well. And we were also both New Jersey transplants who felt really out of place and also just felt this innate calling to spirituality and mindfulness after our experiences with postpartum. And the fact that she was so drawn to this mission and just had to put herself out there to ask how she could be a part of it, I just knew. And so I hope you will give her the biggest and warmest welcome ever. And she's also on episode 37 of this podcast. So I hope you'll listen to her story. And now I am in such a place of empowerment and inspiration. And I keep getting download after download. And it's been so nice to have this support and this partner because for so long, I felt like I was just in the dark and I wasn't getting it. And I felt like I was lying to myself that I was okay. 
and I wasn't giving this community the support that it needed and the leader that it needed. But now Megan and I are working so very hard to build the future of this community and this platform. Well, what's happening to this platform, you asked? That's a great question. We are turning this platform into an educational membership and a spiritual magazine. I'm feeling really called that 2020 is the start of an entirely new decade. And for many of us, the first decade, the first new decade where we are mothers and this is our chance to really have a clean slate and start the change and start the movement, shift this conversation and shift this consciousness. And I've always felt extremely passionate that this platform has become collective wisdom built by mothers for mothers. It's mothers speaking up, sharing their stories, being brave, being vulnerable and helping to validate other women, helping to teach other women without any competition, without asking for anything in return. And because of that beautiful intention, we are able to take this community to an entirely new level with such a much needed support system. Just to tell you a little bit more about the membership, for $15 a month, Enlightenhood members will have access to a monthly theme. So all the members are going to show up and do mindset and soul work together surrounding a theme. We're going to have resources, discussions, and a safe space to discuss everything that might come up. We are going to have a members-only resource library. So this is going to be our collective wisdom of inspiring and empowering videos, podcast episodes, guided meditations, worksheets created by women of this community to share their wisdom and to help other women on their mindfulness and their spirituality journey. So these are quick nuggets of information meant to really inspire and empower. When we transition our site, we're going to be hosting masterclasses that members will have an exclusive discount to. And these masterclasses are going to be for more in-depth, continued learning, whether it's 21 days of gratitude or learning awareness or breathwork or yoga, or divine feminine. These are more in-depth, extensive courses created by women of this community. And the last big thing for this membership program, which we're currently working on, it's not launching in January, but will be launching in later 2020, is a one-of-a-kind mentorship program for women who need more one-on-one support and really don't have that access to coaching. So it's a great way to introduce them to the coaches of our community and really give them that handholding and guidance that they may need. So stay tuned for all of those details as we continue to bring this beautiful mission to fruition. I really hope that you will check out the membership and become a member when it launches in January because I'm ready to up level. I'm ready to take this to the next level. I'm ready to continue on my journey and I hope you'll join me. And now cue the stomach ache when you're really vulnerable and you start to rethink everything you said and you're like, shit. I've told this to a few women who have been on this podcast who let that self-doubt start to sink in that I don't remember where I heard this, but Oprah has interviewed every prominent person in the world. But from what she says, every single person after they're done with their interview and the cameras turn off, always say, was that okay? Every single person feels that self-doubt and need that validation for their story and their words and their message. So I'm going to give myself a little bit of this good juju from Oprah. So thank you. Thank you for listening. And if you listen to this podcast, you know that at the end of each episode, I ask the guests to give wise words to end on for anyone listening who needs that extra encouragement today. And before I give you my wise words, no pressure or anything, because this is the last episode. I just want to say thank you 
Thank you so much for being part of this journey. I never had any idea that becoming a mother was going to set me on this path and it has become the most wonderful time of my life despite the heartache and the trials and the tribulations. It has truly let me step into my best self, my most authentic self, my highest self, my truest, most weirdest, goofiest (laughs) self. So thank you. Thank you for trusting me as your leader and thank you for coming with me on this journey. And now to my wise words, as we end out this season and my voice is starting to go, so it's like about time, right? (laughs) Take a moment to appreciate the space in between because I think that's where the real magic lies. That's where we're going to grow and that's where we're really given the opportunity to be vulnerable because the space in between getting to point A and point B or wherever or whatever that is for you is the place where we're forced to look in the mirror and truly sit with ourselves. It's that in-between space where we grow, change, transform, and evolve. So give yourself grace and give yourself love. You can still be transforming and be whole, and you can still be learning while leading the way. Thank you for listening to the Enlightened Podcast, a movement that empowers mindful motherhood and celebrates every journey. If you would like to be part of our community of amazing and soulful women, find us on Instagram at Enlightenedhood. For real motherhood stories and inspirational articles, you can check us out online at Enlightenedhood.com. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, review, and share this podcast. Until next time, you mindful mamas. Music